I'm John DiLibretto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. We seem to be hitting the icons again on the podcast. Last week, I had Will Ackerman, the 28th icon of Echoes, with a new interview. Today, I've got the 14th icon of Echoes, Lorena McCannett. It's a new interview, but we'll be talking about an old album, The Visit, released 30 years ago in 1991 around the world, although it didn't come out in America until 1992. Before we get to that, I have a great album to tell you about. It's called Shimmer by Kevin Keller. Keller is a leading exponent of ambient chamber music and he creates a kinetic ride of vintage synthesizers and piano on an album of minimalist melodies and rhythmic drive. It's a recording designed to conjure up the sound of dreams and memories. It's also the Echo CD of the month for October. Get your dreams going with Kevin Keller's Shimmer. It is available on CD, download, and limited edition vinyl at kevinkeller.com. That's kevinkeller.com. And now, let's revisit The Visit with Lorena McKennett. Lorena McKennett put out a couple of nice Celtic-infused albums in the 1980s, but it was her 1991 release of The Visit that broke her through as an artist to take note of. Her mixture of Celtic sounds with eastern undertones, her rippling harp and soaring soprano took her into a new world fusion direction. Now she's released a new deluxe version of The Visit to celebrate its 30th anniversary. I spoke to Lorena extensively when The Visit was originally released, but I thought I'd talk to her anew about this signature recording. Lorena McKennett is something of a cottage and philanthropic industry now, but back in 1991 she sat in the vaulted belfry of a church in Stratford, Ontario, composing her signature release. Yes, I still have the belfry because I've not been creating as much as I would like. I'm not in there nearly as often as I would like, but yeah, we still have the space. You know, this is an inspirational space for this album, right? For sure, absolutely. I remember sitting up there and looking out that second floor window in the springtime and the leaves were just coming out and the windows open hear the birds and it was just my perfect setting to <laughs> get launched creatively. Lorena still has the Belfry space, but when I interviewed her on Zoom, she's in a fairly sterile-looking basement classroom of the Falstaff Family Center. She owns that building. It's a 1929 schoolhouse. Yeah, it's a fantastic building. Schoolhouse makes you think it's a one- or two-room building, but as the former Falstaff Public School, it's an imposing 1929 neo-Gothic structure, three stories tall. She bought it in 2000 and has her offices located there and rents out other spaces to nonprofit 
community organizations. The classroom is one she created to homeschool her adopted son, and she looks a bit like a teacher. Her formerly red hair is now blonde and pulled up around her face. Back in 1991, she didn't think her music would enjoy the longevity it's had, but she did know she was making something apart from the mainstream. There is music that is composed or springs from a place that is very unmindful of a fashion commodity. And that certainly was one of my own personal terms and conditions of going on in, in a musical career. I didn't really want to be part of a fashion commodity aspect of the industry. I wanted uh, myself and my creative ideas to be more of a channeling kind of thing that dealt with subjects that might be timeless, that would be musically composed in a way that would reflect the subject matter that I'm writing about, and that it would, like gravity, it would find its natural place. On five star to the rolling hillsides, figures dance around and around, to drums that pulse out echoes of darkness, moving to the pagan sound, somewhere McKennett's music does have gravitas. She adapts the words of poets and writers like Tennyson, Keats, and Shakespeare to music, but she also creates her own songs, evoking grander ideas, many of them using imagery drawn from antiquity. The visit marked the beginnings of her global travels, ingesting the sights, sounds, and history around her. Yes, I've reflected long and hard over the years on what the creative impulse is for myself when I analyze the experience. It's like uh, there's a well of information or a well of life experience that is a kind of like a fuel that drives through your skill set and talent, as it were, and becomes manifest into a, a document of some kind. And for me, it feels a much more like a channeling kind of function than it is an ownership. It's all about me and I can this my stamp, but rather you're surrendering to a process that is uh, very interactive in your being and in your soul. Lorena McKennett sees the present through the lens of the past. In other words, she learns from history, even if others don't. You can hear it on the song Bonnie Portmore. It's a traditional tune, but Lorena hears it as an ecological warning. Yes, it was a history lesson for myself. And I mean, I've only appreciated more and more the importance of what that song was actually capturing. So, for example, that, you know, so much of Europe, including Ireland, was heavily forested at one time, as was North America. And that as the age of discovery and exploration got advanced and shipbuilding was now consuming, taking a lot of these forests down, and as the empires were sending their fleets off to different parts of the world, that the decimation of the trees has been something that's been going on for centuries. And this is really in a version of, of a lament of a tree that sits on a property that was very, very much revered. Uh, but it also 
it's not just about the trees, it's about the wildlife that makes its home in the environment. So Bonnie Portmore is a traditional piece being captured by someone a couple hundred years ago is very tuned into the consequences of the decimation of the environment. Epic track on the album is The Lady of Shalott, the poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson. For Lorena, it's not just an echo of the past, but something that takes her back to a more innocent time when she lived on a farm. Interestingly, the imagery that strikes me the most in that poem is the verse that talks about the reapers reaping early. Coming from an agricultural background and having done a fair amount of a manual agricultural farm work. I remember that kind of sweet time when you were doing physical things and you were out in the elements and you just felt at one and there can be a kind of um, harmony of nature and work in some of these settings. On neither side of the long fields of barley and of the clothes of world meet the sky through the field doesn't necessarily yearn for ancient days, but she's not happy with the technology of the 21st century either. You said earlier that I'm not a Luddite. Well, I'm actually probably closest to one that you will find. A couple of years ago, she cancelled her Facebook account. Yes, we bailed out of Facebook, particularly, I don't know, three or four years ago now. It was shortly after the Cambridge Analytica Facebook issue became apparent in its interference in the 2016 U.S. election. And for me, that was the last straw. I had concerns about Facebook prior to that, but I've, there's nothing that has convinced me that that was the wrong decision to make. I felt at a matter of principle, I just had to get off that platform. And we had over half a million followers. She does maintain Twitter and Instagram accounts, but she doesn't access them on a smartphone. I've never had a smartphone and I will probably never have a smartphone. I have a great deal of respect of the 
the importance and value and significance of of human connection that does not have to be uh, run through the interface of anything. Three decades before all this happened, she expressed this feeling in the song Courtyard Lullaby. There's a line in it that says something about the land and the seasons have their way that we, we really need to be tuned into. Let me see if I can even find those lyrics. Lachalot, Courtyard Lullaby. Yes, I heard an old voice say, don't go far from the land. The seasons have their way no mortal can understand. And I still feel that. I feel that we have lost a sense of humility. Uh, We've been rich with hubris as it pertains to our place in the natural world. And that's certainly part of what that song is about. I heard an old voice say Kenneth hasn't released a recording of newly written material since 2006 and the album An Ancient Muse. While she had toured extensively until the pandemic, much of her time is spent in community organizations, politics, and social movements. Plus, she is her own manager, so she's running the Lorena McKennett machine. So it can seem like music itself is in the rearview mirror. No, I wouldn't say so. I would say... I really, really miss it. It's just I can't do everything and I've had to prioritize my focus. Uh, I'm looking for the very first opportunity that I can get back. Lorena McKennett just needs to get back to the Belfry. While we wait for new music by Lorena McKennett, she's already given us an extraordinary body of work and one of the best examples is The Visit. It's celebrating its 30th anniversary. And now it's released in a definitive five-disc edition on her Quinlan Road Records. I'll have a link for Lorena McKennett's The Visit, the definitive edition, in the posting for this podcast at 
echoes.org. This four CD and Blu-ray edition of The Visit will also be a bonus Echoes CD of the Month for new subscribers to the Echoes CD of the Month Club. Every month we pick out our favorite album and send it to super fans of Echoes and the Echoes podcast who are club members. Last month's pick was Chronoto Project's Gnosis and October is Kevin Keller's Shimmer. Sign up for the Echo CD of the Month Club and the first 10 new subscribers will get Lorena McKennett's 5-disc edition of The Visit, the definitive edition. Go to echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org. I'm John DiLiberto. I'll see you next week when we look back 50 years to Jade Warrior, the great but overlooked progressive rock band from the 70s who released their first album, 50 years ago. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio somewhere in the country or at Echoes Online right now, whenever you want. Mm-hmm.